Old MacDonald had a farm, E-I-E-I-O. And on his farm he had a pterodactyl, E-I-E-I-O. With a... Here. And a... There. Old MacDonald had a farm, E-I-E-I-O. <laughs> My cat was freaking out. She was asleep and look at her now. I thought that cat was a rug this whole time. It's a wig. It's <laughs> Is that just an app that that's just what it does? Yeah. Morning. <laughs> it does a little bit more stuff. Okay, it does. Like the like. Ham. Ham. That's what it says. Oh man. Yeah, I love ham. Hey, what are we? <laughs> Morning, and welcome to Don't Feed the Artists. I'm Hagen Houshield. And I'm Chapstick Russo. You suck. I'm Adam Selby. Hey. And with us today is... What's up, dudes? I'm Richard Haskins. Uh, Richard motherfucking Haskins. Dude, I get that all the time. <laughs> well, that's no, your Instagram yeah, name. Yeah, I thought that was your Instagram Oh, shit. I didn't even think about that. I was wondering about that. I was trying to figure out why that came... I guess I just put that there and forgot that I'd because na- Richard Haskins was already taken. Damn, that's so fucking strange, man. That I get it now. I, <laughs> follow. It was my fo- own creation. Follow Richard Haskins on Instagram, and that is the whole show. That's where you can <laughs> find me. <laughs> that's a trip because I went to Andy's a few nights ago, and everyone's like Richard motherfucking Haskins. It's like that's not really my middle name, but. <laughs> <laughs> What what is your real middle name? Steven with a V. Oh. Yeah, it's not it's not exciting at all. I like motherfucking better. Yeah. You should change it. <laughs> my, my dad's name is Steven, but it's Stepfin. Oh, with a PH? Yeah. That's cool. It's classier. Hey, yeah. I'm curious. What's your middle name, buddy? Hagen. <laughs> You're Hagen Hagen. Here we go. Oh, oh here we go again. Um my my I have two middle names. Uh, my first name is Joachim. And then my my name my two middle names are Hans Hagen and then Houshield. Now say Hold it with on. us where, now. Where are you from? Joachim Hans Hagen Houshield is my German. You have a name that you can't yell in the airport. It's the strangest <laughs> thing. It's the strangest thing. Here we go. A swing and a hit. So. Oh, what's your middle name, Adam? While we're going around, yeah, Timothy. I can say that in airports. That's the most biblical name ever. This is... I'm, gonna, I'm gonna call you Timothy from now on. That's cool, Adam. I Timothy. won't answer. At what's up, Big At? At. <laughs> what about Jackson? What about you? Oh, Philip. Sorry, I don't know why. Jackson Philip. So uh, yeah, it's kind of good stage name. Kind of interesting story. Uh, it, I was named after like uh, I think my uh, great grandfather. And, uh, no, maybe Uncle Phil. I have no clue. I don't know my family. <laughs> but, uh, his name was Philip, but it was with one L, and my dad named me after him with two L's. So, I'm named after someone wrong. So, yeah. I named my son's middle name Elliot after Elliot Smith, spelled the same way. Son, wait, is it with one L or two? Two L's and two T's. Cause, okay, cause in the, the that whole, 
Yeah, you can dive into which his name wasn't really Elliot. His name was Stephen. Yeah, and he he thought that Steve was like a fucking a bro name. Quick question (laughs) here. Uh, So obviously you named your you said his middle name. Yeah. Okay, so your son's middle name after Elliot Smith. So you're obviously a fan. Someone asked me this. What is like the seminal album of his? I know my answer, but I'm seminal means semen like, right? Yeah, that one. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. What is the semen? The one that the album that really stabs you in the heart twice. Man, you know, if it, if it had been, oh god, if it had been a few, if it had been a few years ago, um, I would have said that just uh, the self-titled. Um, but man, honestly, dude, either or probably, man, yes. either or is like the fucking. Wait, is that the one? Uh, which one is that? The one with Waltz on it, or is that XO? I'm. I can't. I'm gonna pull out names. my phone real quick. You, Let's find it this might, out. Hey, Coheed and Cambria is live on Facebook right now. Oh, pause the podcast. Stop. We gotta stop. We gotta We're watch. Done. <laughs> We're talking about Elliot Smith. I went live on Facebook earlier, but my connection was really shitty, so like it fucking sucked. And I was doing backyard bad jokes, and it was. I tried to watch it. It was uh, the connection. I Dude, could not... I was. I forget how because I'm so far away from the fucking. Mm. Oh, it sucked. Yeah, there was. <laughs> I was. Telling some pretty good ones. Uh, <laughs> did you hear any of them? No, I couldn't. I, it kept it kept going back to like you kept talking about someone with a lawnmower. It kept going back to that. Oh fuck! You're hitting him with zingers. Well, you ought to just like record him as audio now and have a podcast. Let me. Uh, let me can I? Can I do one? Yeah. yeah. Okay. These these are pretty bad. Okay. By the way, this no will one probably here be knows, the intro. Yeah. No one knows who you are or what you do. Oh, this is like, awesome. Cool. So just go into this. They'll think you're a comedian. Okay. I'm, I'm important. I'm an important comedian. Um, <laughs> okay. So so a guy walks into a bank, right? And he he uh, he bumps into this lady teller, and he tells the teller, uh, uh, "I I need to open a fucking bank account, right?" Well, so the lady says, "Excuse me," and he says. I said, I need to open a fucking bank account. And she's like, sir, you can't talk like that in here or I'll have to get the manager. He says, why? Because I want to open a fucking bank account. And she she goes and gets the manager and the manager comes over and he says, what seems to be the problem? The guy says, I said, I'm here to open a fucking bank account for $40 million. And the manager says, and is this cunt giving you a hard time? (laughs) Boom. (laughs) <laughs> is that your set closer? That's my. <laughs> I, I, I that's one thing I do every fucking show is have like some really terribly bad. It's better joke. than mine. Um, I'm, I'm terrible. You, you over rehearse your jokes. Yeah, I do. I'm, here, here the, at the Jago show last time, I, I my joke was, "What's the difference between a baggie of cocaine and a baby?" Eric Clapton would never let a baggie of cocaine fall out of a window. Yes. <laughs> Those tears from heaven. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, by the way, I looked it up. Either or is the that's yeah, the one yeah, with yeah. say yes and um, dude that uh, whole between record. the bars. That is his best album. And like some people will tell me XO, which I like XO a lot. But man, I like it before a, he gets on a big label though. You I know? agree. And so people were saying like, oh, he has his whole like full vision after that. Like he was able to do what he wanted to do. Because he wasn't able to with the production value before, but I was like, I think that's kind of the charm about it. I hey, like what? it. While I was in prison, there's a great magazine you can get for free. You can sign up for it like right now. It's only t- if you're in prison. Yeah, or just anywhere. But I, I got <laughs> I got it while I was in prison though. But I've I mean I've had a, a subscription for probably eight eight or nine years now. It's called Tape Op. It's a Tape Operator. It's a 
a recording magazine. You get it for free. It's every two months. And uh, they've always got really cool interviews with like technical people. Well, the guy who I signed up for this magazine because whenever I got out of audio school in like, oh, seven, I went to Portland and I went and I interned at Jackpot Studios, which was the studio that Elliot Smith built with a guy named Larry Crane. Larry Crane is mixes and masters all of uh, Elliot Smith's posthumous stuff, and he did a lot of his really early stuff too. And so he had a while I was in prison, they had a one that came out and uh, got sent to me. And there's fucking nothing to read there except for just like just racist bathroom graffiti. But <laughs> but then uh, but it was an an uh it was an a thing about him and and how either or was recorded. And I was shocked that the bulk of that, a lot of that was done on cassette tape, like just straight up, straight cassette tape. And, um, and didn't he play most of the instruments? Or yeah, he drums, a bunch of stuff. And it's funny because a lot of that was recorded at just a series of apartments, like just a few apartments. Yeah. And then some of it was done like on a DAT machine and some weird, but he was talking about what a pain in the ass it was like. They don't even actually have all of the... When, when they remastered the fucking... Because he ended up doing the remastering for the the re-release. They just did a new one, a re-release of it. And he, he was saying that a couple of those songs are in so many different parts that you can't actually put them together again. Like, because... Or, or you, you'd never be able to overlay them, like, in the same way because whatever the the absolute final master copy was, that just doesn't exist anymore. So it's yeah. these series of... <laughs> it should a picture of them. It's like this just stack of cassette tapes and then like a couple of like VHS because the old DAT machines you could record on, on VHS because it was like digital tape. And uh, it's really, just really interesting. That that was a, an awesome album. Yeah. I think that's like honestly like one of those watertight albums where it's just like from start to finish. And it's also one of those like if I'm in a super like depressed mood or just <laughs> down, yeah. that's one of the – I'm the type of person who when I'm down, I want to listen to down music to get myself feeling even more down. That's the album that like just you know breaks. Even it. though it's, it's a little so downer, down. it's a good makeout record too. <laughs> I could for see those that of too. Out there. And it's also like he's a lot of his stuff is really downcast, if not the majority yeah. of it. And then that album ends with like his happiest song. Yeah, there's, a, yes, there's a romance is, to the record too. Yeah. though. it's kind of between the bars is a is a man like it's that a perfect that's a, song. Me and Hale covered that. We just did like a little YouTube thing a couple years ago. Yeah, I was that's, gonna bring that up actually. Yeah, that's <laughs> funny too because. Uh, when the cops were looking for me before I got arrested, because they were fucking going everywhere looking for me, uh, they went and banged on her door one day, and they're like, "You're a known associate of Richard Haskins," <laughs> because, of that fucking, because of that fucking video. And she said, "Thank you." <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> oh, by the way, today we have Richard Haskins with us, and he's a a, a Denton punk rocker. And Richard, uh, Richard motherfucking. Oh, fuck. I don't. He is. Uh, we are now Adam Selby, Chapstick Russo, Joachim Hans, Hagen House Shield, and I are known associates. Did you say Hagen does? Yeah. <laughs> I, I am, think I that was racist. Cream. Wait, is it really? Wait, what race are you? <laughs> no, it wasn't racist. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you. You're like Vin Diesel, where you just kind of can't tell. Can you not tell? I can tell. You're pretty white, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, I'm really white. <laughs> Hagen's the Vin Diesel without the baby oil. Yeah. I feel like Vin Diesel could go in a lot of different directions. I don't know. There's, not that it matters. Nobody wants to be like, tell me what you are! 
Why? I want to so die. I can know how to treat you. <laughs> <laughs> so it occurred to me I f- lo- forgot my wallet on the way to here, which was you can't leave it here. Then that's good. I know, and that was great because I couldn't find that fucking thing. Speaking of bringing that up, oh man, I got so bummed the other day at the show because it because my ID and my wallet says offender, and I get that if somebody first saw that, they would think sex offender. But it, it it's no that's you're it's you're an offender whenever you have a prison ID. It all just says offender on it. So wanted to address that real quick. Richard motherfucking Haskins, <laughs> not a sex offender. <laughs> just a normal. Just to clear that up. Just a normal ex prisoner. <laughs> So you cringed a little bit when I said punk rocker. You disagree with that tag? No, I don't. I I mean, I've worked very, very hard for that tag. Um, I would say you did. Like, you know, people could argue for a lot of people that like, oh, you're not, this person's not a punk rocker. But I think you are literally everything. I don't know you very well, <laughs> but everything I have heard and been told, it's just like you are punk rock to the core. Man, I appreciate that. That means a lot to me in a, in a strange way. I, I think that like... When I was growing up and like listening to music and stuff, you know, when I got into punk, like one of the things that really stuck out to me was that like, um, especially, I mean, I remember getting Black Flags My War when I was like maybe 14 or, or so and sticking them on a turntable and just blew my mind. You know, Misfits did too. A lot of, a lot of the, I mean, just the classic bands, the Dead Kennedys and Fear and Minutemen and um, Minor Threat, of course. Uh, but the thing I liked about those dudes was they seemed like they were like just the real fucking deal, you know, like, um, and it doesn't really matter like what genre you're in, but the, the thing that I was like with Elliot Smith, you know, and with some, a lot of the other people, even like a lot of the jazz guys, even around here, like if you're, if you're not 100% that thing that you're projecting on stage, then to me, it's not real. It's fucking bullshit. And that's why I fucking hate people like Jesse Fry and like... Here we go. And some... (laughs) I mean, I'll say that right now. Because that... Dude, that girl's music is the the musical equivalent of diabetic food. It just... It's fucking... You know what I mean? Where you're like, oh, I don't want to have anything that'll hurt me in it. You know? And and, and it's... it's, I'm I'm not trying to just clown on Jesse. I mean, it's funny, but... But, like... I hate... I hate when somebody's not being the being fucking real about like what they're saying. Like if you're gonna sing a song like or do something on stage, like you should fucking mean it. You should like I don't know. I don't know. I just never got that fucking thought process. Yeah. Even a lot of like a lot of the hip hop around here, a lot of the hip hop is cool, but there's some of it where you're like, Alright, dude, you're rapping about how much money you have and you just haggled with me for studio time yeah. on the way in to track this little fucking thing. So how about <laughs> Why don't, why don't you say something fucking rap, dude? Rap about how you're broke as fuck and how fucked up it is and how the yeah. economy sucks and be fucking real about it. There used to be a rapper here around here named uh, Infidelix. This is several years ago, and he was a gay rapper and pr- presumably still is. But like, <laughs> <laughs> but, but 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 like, he would rap about fucking girls just because he thought it was like cool and, and I was like no dude I'd have 
way more respect for you if you rapped about fucking dudes. Like, I mean, okay, so can I... That's badass. I agree with you. Uh, he should, you know, you should rap about yourself. But also, like, there's a lot of people, like, uh, some of them... Uh, one of my favorite artists, like, they have an album where he's literally talking about killing people because he was going through a hard breakup. Yeah. But that's not him. It's okay, a character. Okay, I agree with you. Uh, yeah. so, if you're playing a character, that's true. But, like, whenever you're projecting... I totally get the character bit. I love that. Because we bit. are storytellers yeah, absolutely. in some way. No, I, I agree with you on that. And maybe I'm splitting hairs at that point. But I just, like... Man, even, even the character, though, usually that's a part of somebody's... Yeah. thing you know what I mean that's something that somebody's like f- felt or thought about or there's a fine line there's a fine line that can be drawn somewhere that's like the difference between like the character and like like telling a story and just yeah. like straight up lying and just like going up on stage and just like spouting off bullshit that's just like not even close to true like you said like going out like a rapper going up and saying like Look how much money I have, and then going outside and be like, "Hey man, can I bum a cigarette?" Out <laughs> yeah, <money>? like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's tripped me out. And then all that coming back to like the punk thing. I remember like I just wanted a band that like. And I mean, maybe maybe I'm dumb for it because we never really. I mean, we've toured several times, but you know, I'm here. I'm still in Denton, but I I don't think that that's. I was successful in what I set out to do. I mean, I set out to like just fucking make that make make that thing happen I just wanted to do whatever I thought was was what made that character that I do on stage I don't know That's I think that's just me but there's definitely something else in there though I mean yeah. um, but I mean I, I just I just wanted to fucking have crazy shows and truth be told some of it too was that like we weren't very good when we started, and we're still not all that great either. Are you talking about Wee Beasties? Or well, just any Wee Beasties band and, uh, you know... Unmarked? Now, the people in those bands are... A lot of those guys in those bands are really fucking good at what they do, but one of the things that I... And I, I focus on musicianship more definitely with un, Unmarked Graves, but with Wee Beasties, the whole thing was like, well, no matter how good, good we are, there's always going to be somebody playing that same fucking night that's ten times better than we're ever going to be. But if we're the craziest fucking thing that's on the bill, everybody will leave talking about us because some pe- people leave shows and they're like, they could give a fuck about like, couldn't name a song that anybody played that night. Be like, dude, you remember when the fucking singer fucking rolled naked in glass? Yeah, dude, that was crazy. <laughs> fucking, I'm going to show pictures to my grandkids, you know, or I don't know if there's any cell phones that are probably like this weird space. Me, 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 me. Like fucking... Like, <laughs> I don't know what the fuck the future is going to be like. I feel like we live in the future right now, and it's fucking... I had this discussion with somebody the other day, like, oh, when do you think you hit that point where you're like, oh, I'm in the future? Because, you know, I I watch my parents sometimes talk about, like, oh, yeah, you know, a VR headset, and they're just like, oh, shit, I'm in the future. But for me, I'm just like, this is just cool shit. Yeah. But when... when, I guess future is, like, all in perspective, because, like, future may be different for you as it is for me. I'm gonna have to go with the uh, the Doritos Locos Taco. I think was probably the point where I was like, "Fuck yes, we made it." <laughs> <laughs> you know, it then tripped me out because they made the Doritos Locos Taco, but then Doritos came out with the Doritos Locos Tacos flavored Doritos, mm. and then it made me think, "Well, shit, what if they made a Doritos Locos Taco 
with Doritos Locos Tacos flavored Doritos shells. And it doesn't even have to have the meat in it. It's yeah, it's just a drop that you put on your tongue. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, man, I think some, some aspects of being in the future kind of suck though. Like, I mean, it's cool, like, What's weird to me now is I remember being when we first started or when I first started playing. So you got to think, I, when I first started a band, my first band, I was fourteen. So I was born in eighty four. So we're talking like ninety eight, ninety nine when I started like started fucking playing, and to even make a CD like at this point, like not not there there were no MP threes at this point, and, you know, to make a CD. It was, I mean, it, it would cost you so much fucking money. It was insane. So to even be able to like have something like recording in front of you. And now I'm, I'm like bored with it now. I'm like, well, oh, fuck it, whatever. I'll record some other time. But I mean, I think me 15 years ago would beat the shit out of me today because me 15 years ago would be like, what? You have, a, you have fucking Pro Tools? Like what the, yeah. the fuck? You know, so... Yeah, that's one. That's one of the things that's like that is really cool and also like really shitty about. Uh, sorry, <laughs> and really shitty about like where we are right now with music. Like, it's really really cool that everyone and their mom can like you know write a fucking record and record it. Does it's your also... mom write and record records? Yeah, sometimes. Oh, cool. <laughs> sorry, go on. Um, but like. It also is really like it's there, there's just so much out there. There's just so much, and that's really really cool. But also, it's just like fuck everyone. Everyone's like a musician. Everyone can do this. And seventy percent of the music that's down, that's bought on iTunes right now is independent recordings. Yeah. So that's like been a cool thing in a lot of ways. But it's like exactly like you're saying. Like we used to be in the dark ages. Now we're in like the fucking overlit ages where the goddamn yeah. lights are too fucking bright. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> you know, everybody's got a goddamn a camera crew in their bed. asshole. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we're, we're in a tanning bed. Yeah, absolutely. Whoa. And so. I like that. Figured it out. <laughs> it's Let's hard. tagline. One thing that's, I don't know if you, if you guys experienced this, but one thing that's rough for me, you know, I'm, I'm 32, so I'm a little bit older than you do. I'm considerably older than a couple of you dudes probably. I'm a hundred. <laughs> <laughs> I I remember like to get it to get certain records like I remember the first Misfits CD I got I had to order it from England cuz there's just you simply couldn't find one and it took me like 4 weeks to 6 4 to 6 weeks to get this fucking thing and by the time I got it you know you're you're you've you invested time in it you've invested money in it and you stick it in the fucking CD player and Listen to the whole thing, and even if you didn't like it at first, you'd like force yourself, like, I, I paid fucking 15 goddamn dollars for this fucking thing, <laughs> plus eight bucks shipping. Yeah. Like, I'll suck a cock on the Golden Gate Bridge in front of God and everybody if I don't listen to this twice. <laughs> you know? It's so. Trust me. I mean, even in like middle school, for me, I'm 22, so like even yeah. in like middle school for me, I was super into like metal, and like Texas yeah. metal was this whole like thing that I just. I was into some of it, but it was a whole different thing. It's a different style. Everything's it, a little different. Way here. different. Yeah. So I was getting into stuff like you know the Norwegian black metal scene Me, and all oh, that dude, kind of stuff. I'm huge into that. So and then I got into this one Italian, uh, like I think I would call them death metal, but uh, they were like a, a 
Italian death metal band uh, called Stormlord, and I love their music. It was I already like love on, their name. It was on like YouTube, and I couldn't find their music anywhere. Like I, I, I'm the type of guy who still buys physical, and yeah, I couldn't find it anywhere. I paid like thirty bucks just to get one album. Oh and, yeah. Like they had this song called "I Am Legend" that was based off of the book "I Am Legend." It was <laughs> fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah, but I get know, it. even like I don't know. I don't know when that was, but yeah. I, I had those troubles too. I remember, like in maybe oh, maybe oh oh three or oh four, uh, getting a uh, it was a Peruvian copy of a fucking or it was Brazilian. It was a Brazilian copy of a uh, Mayhem. It was a bootleg Mayhem's Dawn of the Black Hearts. Yeah, and it's got their fucking singer with his like the dead yeah, like dead. on the cover. Yeah, well, it's got dead. It's got dead dead, dead on the cover. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, I saw them uh, live at um, fucking Mohawk in Austin. Oh, sweet. Yeah, they played, uh, I forgot which album it was, all the way through. It was fucking crazy. It what was last Day Mysteries Dom Santana's or something? Yeah, I think it was that. That's a great record. And it was like a late night gig. It it's was so, a last yeah. minute gig, too. So like it was just like, hey, Mayhem's playing, and it's free. And I was just like, we gotta go. And my friends were not into metal, and I was like, "I we fucking have to go. I read once about Mayhem playing with pig's heads on stage, and so uh, we played a show at Rubber Gloves several years ago, uh, When, and we, we took, like, mic stands, and we got two pig's heads for the Mexican meat market, and we, like, <laughs> we, st- we like st- you know, you take the boom off, and so you got just this little s- stick thing, <laughs> and so we just, like, stuck them, like, in the, the neck holes, like, of the fucking pigs. Yeah. And we put Did lit put cigarettes in their mouths. It? And we, yeah, we didn't know that. I didn't know that at the time. He's not anymore, but Josh Beish was like a member of PETA. And he was like. Oh, shit. Yeah. And, and, yeah, and like. And like oh, that's why he got pissed, though. And he was a vegan, too, at the time, too. He was going through like this weird stint. Is you that know? why he's so mad right now? I think he. I don't, no, he's mad. That poor guy. Yeah, gotcha. Okay, you're going to bash on Jesse Fry, but you can't bash on Josh Bates even Josh a Bates little is, bit. Well, we go so far back. I get that, but, but even more reason did, why you should be able to bash I've been, on I can't him. even tell you how many times I've been banned from Rubber Gloves. Yeah. Like, no clue. <laughs> there were times where like I'd forget, and I'd like, walk up, and be like, you're still banned. Like, oop, sorry. Like, like, <laughs> All right, uh, <laughs> like, have a good night. Yeah, and just yeah. say the doorman's name. Yeah, but if I was willing to pay cover, sometimes they're like, all right, well, you're not that band because there's not a lot of people at the show. <laughs> <laughs> and we know you're going to drink a shitload. Uh, you're yeah, going to th- make production costs for them? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, so we threw these pig's heads off the stage, and uh, or I, I threw, I got drunk and threw a pig's head off the stage, and it busted on the fucking ground. Oh, my God. And, jo- and Josh had to pick this thing up, and he was, like, gagging and shit. <laughs> I mean, I'd be gagging, too. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty I bad. I think that's badass, but still, I'd be like, oh, what the Yeah, he fuck? was so bummed. He was <laughs> so funny. He was super bummed about that. Uh, yeah, and uh, <laughs> we, man, we get banned for there for sometimes just for, like, because our crowds were usually super crazy, so I think like, everyone's banned there right now. Oh yeah, since man, <laughs> since it's closed, dude. That actually that oh, that that hurt me so much. Dude, I was in fucking jail when it closed. I just wanted to. Yeah. I, I know the place was a fucking. I remember I saw Wesley Willis there, dude, back in the fucking day. Do you, you, you guys familiar with? Oh man. <laughs> Wesley Willis was this giant, fat, black dude. There's a documentary about him. Nate oh, wait, that's the, the guy daddy. with the thing yeah. on his head and yeah. like the he would, song. He would just hit Vampire the demo. Back. Yeah, he would just hit the demo <laughs> button on a Casio keyboard. He was schizophrenic, and he would just ramble. Like these... Inco- He's like, great. He had a song called uh, I Suck a Cheetah's Dick. 
He had a song called I Whooped Batman's Ass. Yes. <laughs> then he I had a song that. called I Whooped Alanis Morissette's Ass. I think uh, that Batman song was my like song on uh, MySpace. <laughs> oh, man. And, uh, but he played the his band, the F- Wesley Willis Fiasco. They had, Some dudes got together and made him a backup band. Didn't and, he, like, the way he uh, greeted people was headbutting them? Yeah, he had a giant... Yeah, scar callus type thing like yeah. in the middle of his forehead. He had he headbutted hundreds of people a day Jeez. for for well, years. Yeah. So he would, he would put his hand on your shoulder. He did it to me. He'd put his hand on your shoulder. And say say rock. You say rock. He say say roll roll. And then he'd headbutt you. <laughs> and, like then he, and then he then he would tri- no not not hard just like enough. I mean kind of snug, but <laughs> he kind of. And then and then he but he would he he made you so unstable. He would kind of forget, and then he'd go back to do it again. And he'd be like, say rock. And you're like, I fucking totally just said rock. But, <laughs> all right, rock. You rusty wood. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. I mean, some this. really cool people played there. Like, Modest Mouse well, played really there when big. they were... Blink-182, yeah. Murder City Didn't Devils. Wilco play there? Or not Wilco. My Morning Jacket. Maybe, dude. Maybe, yeah, dude. Uh, I know My Morning Jacket played there. Back when the Riverboat Gam... Well, before, really, before the Riverboat Gamblers, back when they were called Kid Chaos, there was like a... They were great, too, by the way. Um, Death Cab for Cutie played there too dude I saw Murder City Devils there I love that fucking band and like blew my mind those yeah. guys the, the whole but yeah it used to be like if there was a show happening in Denton that's where it was like a legit real show used to have to be like we didn't get booked there for probably the first five years that we were a band you had to like know somebody or like be that's how you knew you were you were a, a real punk band in Denton was if Rubber Glove at the time when we were first started was like if rubber gloves let you play, and I know that sounds a little snooty, but exactly how it was though. I mean, I, I think there's still a couple places like that around town. Yeah, that like n- not necessarily punk rock, just like any. But genre, you have to like, know somebody. Yeah, yeah, if you've played there, or not even if you've played there, because you know sometimes you know a band that needs an opening band. It's more like if you play there multiple times, if they let you come back, that kind of thing. Omar Graves open for. Uh... Hale Baskin and the Southpaw Preachers over at uh, fucking Harvest House. (laughs) This is before they started allowing like rock and roll to happen, and this is on like a Thursday night. So we just showed up and played some loud fucking punk rock, and it went over really well with the crowd. But the fucking sound guy was, yeah, sound guy was a dick, and I hear they've changed some management over there. Which I mean, yeah, yeah. they let us play there, and we're loud. That's cool. Yeah, that that was that was embraced like being more of a music venue. Yeah, they, just it just seemed music. like all they were doing was having like fucking funk jam bands like yeah. for like a while. Right. And so like so the the thing that like I think I think the, one of the big things that happened is one of the owners I believe stepped down. Uh, Matt, right or somebody? Yeah. yeah, I believe he stepped down. The guy who started the actual Harvest House. Yeah, he's gone like that. He, I think he, he moves. I heard he kind of got no, forced he, out he, though. He, uh, did he come back? He's back and forth. Okay. I know. He, I know he travels. This is Denton I, Rumors time. <laughs> and now for all the listeners that aren't from Denton, they're gonna be like. Who gives a shit? Yeah, <laughs> but luckily you can skip forward. Um, oh yeah, you totally can. Yeah. But but so. so like uh, he stepped down, and then one of the guy, one of the sound, like the main sound guy, was the booking guy, and he stopped doing that. So now they thank have... God, because anytime you get a booking guy with dreads, you know you're gonna run into some problems. <laughs> How do you feel about uh, white people with dreads? Man, I think you shouldn't have dreads if unless you're a pirate. That's how I feel. That's, Anybody. That, that's your... Here's my thing right I now. I think Dreads look bad. You guys know people. the whole story about the fucking bad brains coming to Texas? Okay. No. No, Back but you're going to tell us. Okay, do you guys know about... The, the, I know bad brains. Okay, do you know the big boys? The big boys were... 
back then punk rock was regional. You know what I mean? You had people didn't think about it. Like, you know, Texas is punk rock bands. We had the Dicks in Houston. We had the Big Boys in fucking uh, Austin. You know, you had DRI kind of in the Dallas area. Mm-hmm. And if you were a punk band and you go went into one of these areas, you opened for those guys because those were the main guys around there. So when the fucking Black Flag comes to Austin, they're opening for the big boys because the big boys are the biggest draw that played punk rock down there. They're bigger than Black Flag. They're bigger than the Misfits. And so when the Bad Brains came down and played, all these fucking white fucking college dumb shit kids think that the fucking Rastafarians are awesome. Rastafarians are anti-homosexual. If you're a Rastafarian, you're anti-homosexual. It's hardcore fucking Christianity with an African spin on it. That's what it fucking is. So it's anti-homosexual. When fucking Bad Brains, they're all Rastas, they came down and played, they found out that the fucking singer for the Big Boys was a homosexual, talked shit about it on stage. Never, They didn't come back to Austin for fucking 15 years. Shit. Wow. They were not allowed back in Austin. Jeez. And that's even with Texas. Texas was like, you can come here if you want but don't you dare fucking make fun of our gay singers, faggot. Like, it was like, <laughs> like, it was like, which is like hilarious because when you think of Texas, you think of bigotry, but all of Texas was super behind our gay singers for our fucking yeah. punk band, which was strange. So, yeah, I mean, it's as far as what I think about white people with dreads, I think it's a bunch of fucking, I mean, if you want to do it just because you think it looks nice, that's, that's the optimum way to do it because yeah. If you're trying to make some goddamn political statement about it, it's fucking... Dude, it's bullshit. We live in this fucking weird age, man, where, like, everybody's so goddamn offended about fucking everything. But then... But then the actual history that's there... Yeah, the history of that that's there is even fucking worse than what, you, what you're... The real shit that you're even talking about is even worse. It's, it's like... Put it to you this way. It's like whenever... Um, oh, what was old dude's name? Fucking, uh... That uh, knelt during the fucking, uh... uh, uh oh, yeah. Colin, Colin Kaepernick, Kaepernick. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So be, because in the fourth stanza of this uh, of uh, of uh, the national anthem that nobody ever sings, it like mentions slavery, and, and I, I get it, I totally get it. I mean, that sucks. But wasn't it? Also you're wearing somebody... Nike shoes, which are made where China. Why do we make them in China? Well, because we can't pay people a living fucking wage to make them here. Let's send them to be made in some fucking place where people can treat their people like shit and pay them fucking slave wages, right? Why, I mean, that's that's the fucking... I mean, that's just... Maybe yeah. might, might not be the most popular thing, but what I'm saying is it all goes down the fucking line. You yeah. Know? I mean, I, I agree with you there. Everybody's been fucking fully mistreated at some point. But then there's also the things where... Um... I don't eat at Jimmy John's yeah. because the owner is a piece of shit. Not like uh, the specific Jimmy John. Oh, yeah, John. that's a great way to be, though. The owner of Jimmy John, like Jimmy like the, John, whatever the, his yeah, fucking yeah, name company. is. James Jonathan. And <laughs> I think he's a piece of shit dude. And, like, I really don't support yeah, the yeah, shit. Yeah, that's like, a guy that goes around fucking killing animals and fucking them, right? Yeah. But <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, like, he, he posts uh, so many pictures of it, too. But then also. You, same uh, instance where, you know, I'll wear Adidas and that kind of stuff. And, you know, but also, you know, I think you can stand up for what you can. But there's there's also, like, it's very hard, if not impossible, to stop every yeah. single thing. Well, that's what I was saying is because I'm a Buddhist, and so that's why I feel this way. Like, which I'm, very, like, I'm a very angry Buddhist. But, like, because <laughs> everything flows into one another, because everything is a part of everything... Um, Nothing is like, I mean, it just seems like 
at some point you've either got to go, either I'm not participating in any of this, or I'm going to have to somewhat embrace the fact that, like, you know, we're all just fucking people trying to get by, and we didn't fucking, we're all born fucking dumb as shit on this planet, not knowing a fucking thing except for what other people have told us or what we're finding out for ourselves. And then we, we, you know, at some point you come to this realization like, oh, God, uh, uh, I'm going to die someday. Uh, 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 uh. I don't know. It just seems like. I mean, it comes down to like, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with like, there's like three levels of environmentalism. Uh, there's like the basically do what you can to help humans survive, but only that much. So you could still endanger species yeah. and kill species as long as, you know. You're saving the world enough so humans will survive and the climate will never change. And then there's the second where you're still doing that, but you're also, you know, helping other animals. And then there's the third, which is like the highest power of it, where it's just like literally you cannot change anything in the environment. So you're not supposed to pick a flower. You're not supposed to do anything. And it just oh, like it kind of yeah. so it's the same thing with like this kind of like a PC my, type thing. My personal opinion is this: is that. We like to separate ourselves from nature, like, oh, we've got to save nature. Well, we are fucking nature. Where do we come from? We're fucking nature, right? I think at some point, our species is going to... Well, of course we're not going to exist anymore. I mean, we're go- we haven't been on this planet for very long. You know, we've been here for 200,000 years. The Earth's 4.6 billion years old. If the Earth was one year old, we've been here for five minutes. So, um, I think that at some point, the fact that our species is going to destroy itself and that we're no longer going to exist... That's supposed to fucking happen. Yeah, just I mean, like, it's inevitable. Oh, absolutely. And also, like, you know... Could you imagine if fucking aliens came from outer space and tried to come down <laughs> here and meet with us? And yeah. some asshole tried to fucking tell them about Jesus? Could you... I mean, you're like, what a... Like, what a... You know what I mean? What a mind fuck. I'm, I'm like, ashamed of my species just because of that, like, that shit. Like, what, have you heard about this guy? You have to believe in him or you're going to go to hell. Like, uh, we just came here in a spaceship... Uh, fuck you. <laughs> we didn't see him through the clouds we came through. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> if he was that cool, we would have heard about him. So. Him and his dad, Jesus Sr. Go on. It's Okay, well, I'm just happy I met Adam Selby because it seemed like there was all these cool uh, house shows happening in the late the late 90s. There used to be the Highland House and like in uh, some other spots. And then, uh, then there's the house on Bonnie Bray that was doing a bunch of cool stuff that was... The Highland House was basically like the dudes who became the Riverboat Gamblers and the one on Bonnie Bray was the dudes that became the Marked Men. And those were great bands from here. And then and then it just kind of got killed for a while. And then, so, by like the, like, by like 2010, there was like a... They called it the mansion over there on fucking... Uh, on Mulberry? Sh- no, there's one on Sherman. That, that that's Oh, yeah, yeah, one, I know, yeah. There's one on Sherman. Yeah. And uh, we actually had to fight our way out of that fucking place one night. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll, you should probably tell it. I, I might tell that story later, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> That's for the sequel. Well, I've already said it. This one night we were playing at the fucking mansion. Well, anyways, I'll get back to this. Um, and then so... Uh, and then it, and then things kind of got quiet for a minute. And then once I, I mean, there was Extreme Dudes Manor, which was pretty cool, like this punk rock house that was over kind of by TWU on uh, maybe Vine Street, I think. And uh, I saw ANS and the Bleach Boys and 
there's some other bands over there. Uh, Out to Sea was a great band. In any case, uh, I love house shows because, man, you got to think. Think about how many songs you've heard in your life, right? How, the bulk of the songs that you've heard in your entire life versus how many songs and how many bands have existed before or since, you know? So statistically speaking, you've never even heard your favorite band, much less your favorite fucking song. You've never heard those things. And uh, so... I have. But those things... <laughs> what, what, what I'm saying is, is like... Those that things tattoo that, on your neck says otherwise, Richard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my black flag bars. Dude, when I got this, I didn't know anybody who had these, and I fucking meet people How? all the goddamn time Honestly. Now. <laughs> I mean, I think it's a cool tattoo still, but still... How did you? Know I remember when I had one? to order a way to get Black Flag records because you couldn't even find them in stores like anywhere. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was dude. It was tough times being a punk rocker in Denton, fucking have fifteen you, years ago. Have you seen uh, Off at all? Are you a fan of them, man? Dude, Off is cool. I like. I don't know if you're a fan of that. Flag. Era. Have you seen Flag? Mm-mm. I saw. Uh, it's basically all Off the dudes from up for Coheed and Cambria. Oh, cool, dude. Off is a great band. Off is a great band. Uh, it seems like, well, Flag is everybody from Black Flag except for Greg Ginn, and um, which sucks because he's he's gonna have a terrible. He's. Do you uh you have a favorite singer of Black Flag? Rollins, of course, definitely. I figured. What if I took him out of the equation? If you took him out of the equation, so what? We got Keith Morris, we got Des Kadena, we got Chavo. I think I'd say Keith, without Rollins. Well, Keith Morris was there at the very beginning, and and then you gotta say Keith Morris just because he quit and fucking started the Circle Jerks. Yeah, you know, the Circle Jerks were fucking amazing. <laughs> and I I think Chavo, which is hilarious, he ended up like Ron Reyes was his real name. He 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 actually started a business where he sells flags. So that's hilarious. <laughs> so he was in Black Flag, and then he sells flags. That's awesome. Yeah, uh, and Ron Reyes, whenever Greg Ginn, uh, I guess Greg Ginn got pissed that Flag was playing, so he, because he owns the name Black Flag, and that dude, uh, here's a little little fact, uh, my band We Beasties, we have a split 7-inch with Brave Combo, mm-hmm. and uh, which is funny as fuck, the whole thing comes full circle, because our guitarist ended up joining that band, and then their drummer subs for our band a lot of the times, so... Uh, those bands became a little incestuous which but uh anyways uh Greg Ginn uh when we were doing the 7 inch with Brave Combo we really wanted to cause fuck they got two or three Grammys and like seven nominations I mean I know they were a polka band but those dudes are some real serious players they're like legit badasses and so we wanted to have a good showing we didn't you know so uh we got the guy who recorded uh Pantera's Far Beyond Driven and Cowboys from Hell and he also did he also did Vanilla Ice's Ice Ice Baby and he did like fucking <laughs> like this Tim Kimsey he did, he's a great Dallas I think his first gig was Stevie Ray Vaughan I mean this guy Ooh. just done everybody so um, we had Tim record this record for us and I remember there was a part uh, we had two songs on our side and one of them was called Lauren in a Bathing Suit and it's kind of got this there's this I wanted to have this wild guitar solo, and I kept having Robert Hocamp try to to go through it, and it and he, he's a great player, but I just, it wasn't like what I was hearing in my brain and stuff, and uh, and 
So I remember Tim, you know, he's he'll spend, you know, he'll spend all day on a fucking one guitar solo for one song. So he was like, well, what is it that you want? And I was like, I want fucking the guitarist from Black Flag. Like, I want that exact sound to do this this whole lead part. And he was like, why don't you just write to him? And I was like, <laughs> okay. So, so I went to the SST website, SST Records, and then I like found like an email contact that I thought might have been his. And then I just shot him an email like, Dear Greg Ginn, my name is Richard Haskins, and I live in Denton, and I have a punk rock band, and I really want you to play on this fucking record. And here's the track, and you're so super cool, and I love you, dude. And or whatever the fuck I said. You know, it was basically like gloating. And he fucking wrote me back like that same day and was like, Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be up there next Saturday. Damn. And like just came up, and I was super tripped out because like, I'm a huge Black Flag fan, and I mean, I think, I don't know, that was a great band in my opinion, but, uh, and so he just came up, and it was a trip, because it's like, he was trying to take direction, like, well, what about this, and like, I don't know what to even tell you, dude, like, you're fucking Greg in from Black Flag. Where did he come from, like, do you know where he he, was living at He was living in Taylor, Texas, I didn't know this, right outside of Austin, and so, because they're from Hermosa Beach, so I figured he was still in California, but he fucking went to Taylor, Texas and opened up a goddamn cat rescue ranch, which is hilarious. Holy shit, that's the most punk rock thing I've ever Yeah, it's punk as fuck, which, I didn't think about this until later, and we actually had a chance to, like, really shoot the shit for a while, but, like, I didn't think about this until later, but... Okay, the Minutemen song "Corona," which is the uh, which is the Jackass theme song, mm-hmm. and it, it sucks too because man, that's a that's a really beautiful song about. They went on tour into Mexico and they were dirty punk rockers, and they're driving back and coming in back into America, and it's all about seeing all the fucking poverty and just the injustice of like, while we live on this side of this imaginary line and we live like this, and you guys live on this side of this imaginary line, and because of that you live like this you know and it's just a really beautiful song but every time that plays in fucking jackass like or any of the movies and shit greg ginn owned all that shit so he made like a ton of money probably just off that fucking little sound bite just the, yeah. they, where they just loop the beginning and uh so i guess he just had some fucking time on his hands and uh so he came up and played and it, it was a fucking trip dude because i'm like it was like we're just talking about i was like man i got this motherfucker's band's logo did tattoo. you have it at the time oh yeah this is my, my first tattoo i'd okay. like I, I got this the day i turned 18 nice at fry street inc which isn't even there anymore yeah i think that uh black flag did something for the punk community and also the tattoo community they sure did <laughs> one thing that i think that black flag did uh and, and the reason why i got the tattoo wasn't just for the band it was also from 81 to 86 black flag uh black flag played 380 uh, 380 shows a year and recorded like six albums so you gotta think i mean they're playing like on an average sometimes two sometimes uh, sometimes three shows a day now they get those little, little spots where they're just like just recording but everybody tells those stories of like i mean even good guys that just had rehearsal spaces like oh yeah it was fucking christmas morning of fucking 83 and of course black flag booked it to rehearse they're rehearsing christmas morning I mean, these guys were relentless, and that work ethic, um, that, uh, to me, I mean, they were one of the early bands to just be like, oh, you're not, 
you're not going to put us on a label. We're going to start our own label. Uh, you're not going to book us on tours. We're going to book our own tours. And while we're on that tour, we're going to have a guy at home booking more dates on the tour so that while we're out on tour, like it just doesn't stop. Yeah. And uh, I just loved that, uh, just that whole attitude of just, and I, and I, I think a lot of that is lost. I don't think that it's irrelevant you know, the game has changed a lot just because of the internet, and it's just so easy to just... Well, even, like, you know... Bands are getting famous off single YouTube videos now, you know? like Yeah, yeah. that's all you need. But honestly, like, also, like, since you, there is such an oversaturation, and not just in local scenes, and the whole scene in general, like, just the music scene, that um, I think that somebody who had that uh, hard work ethic is going to rise above in some sort of way. <laughs> that was a nice little fucking pun there. Someone is going to rise above. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're absolutely right, though. I, I think that, you know, there may be somebody who just happens to throw an acoustic cover on YouTube and get huge one night. But that doesn't mean that the person who sits there and puts, like, a minimum 20 hours into their band a week, yeah. uh, that doesn't mean that they're not going to make it. And I mean, and, and going you back may to, make it with that one hit wonder, but you you're still making it. Well, see, and going back to the house show thing, like one of one of my things about house shows is that, like, man, sometimes you're gonna go to a house show and you're gonna see a band play, and they're not gonna be around. It's, we live in a college town; they're not gonna be around for probably two or three more months. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, we've they're had a fucking, lot of those. Yeah, looking back at the bands you've played, they're like the the drum the drummer moves to Portland, the fucking bassist has got to go back home in fucking Virginia. Yeah. You know, or whatever. And so, some of these bands, uh, there was a band here a couple years ago called Layer Cake, and it was these four chicks, and uh, blow my mind. I mean, I, I still listen to them to this day. Just a great, great, great band. But they were probably a band maybe six months, you know, yeah, the, the whole time. There's a couple of bands like that. Like, even, like, you know, in, like, the year that I've been into the, like, Denton music scene. Like, yeah. That, like... They're, like, I, I'll go through my, like, iTunes playlist, and I'm just like, holy shit. Yeah. I completely forgot that they're not a band anymore, and it, that doesn't discredit them at all. It's just like, man, there was such a little snapshot yeah. of, like, this, like, wonderful thing that, like, happened. But that doesn't mean that they're any less a band than a band that's been a band for 30 Sometimes years. Sometimes, too, like, they'll just kind of bring you back to, like, a space in your mind where, like, it's not just the band, it's also what they mean to you, like... Mm-hmm. There's, you know, there've been times where I've been to house shows where I've been like, oh man, and you go back and listen to that band, you're like, oh dude, yeah, saw them at the Jago house, I had a belly full of fucking weed cookies and fucking <laughs> shrooms, and I couldn't stop fucking taking bumps, and I fucking just, this band was, blew my mind, like yeah. they were just, that was that band, and uh, and so it's cool because you know you can go back and it takes you back to that spot. Uh, there's a great band from Memphis called uh, Bake Sale, and they're now in a band called Knots, which is really cool. But uh, they they came through and toured, and I was just like that. You know that perfect level of drunk where you're like not so fucked up that you can't understand anything, but you're like you're like into that like introspective like, huh. What, why are we here? Like, 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 you know, yeah, every once in a while you get like that perfect, yeah. like, and then I bumped in and this band was just, it was just like, oh God, these guys are amazing. They're amazing. And, uh, you know, some of these bands you just listen to and 
it was like I was saying, you know, you, you statistically probably never even heard your favorite band, and sometimes just catching them at that moment. Pocket Change, there's a great band from Denton called Pocket Change. Uh, I don't even know if they're fucking around anymore. They they might still be was a duo. Uh, dude, Thin Skin is pretty rad, man. I like that band. Yeah. I like that band a lot. I don't think they're going anywhere in the sense of like I don't think that they're stopping. Yeah, they're not. They're not stopping. They seem like lifers. I think to they're me. going on tour soon. Yeah, them in a yeah. Fleshnark. Yeah, it's Fleshnark yeah, right. them. Yeah, yeah they're, they're, they're well. Even there, there's like a Dallas <laughs> band that I was super into, and I I forgot about this, but they were all super young. They all went to Booker T. Uh, Washington, the music school in Dallas, yeah. and um, they're called the Azalea Project, and like. They were playing some like high profile gigs, like playing at the Renata Theater, and and these are kids who are still in high school. And I happened to bump into them at a show, like see, I saw them like play at like the Profit Bar or something like that, and I was just like, whoa, this band's incredible. And they broke up last year because they're all going to college. Yeah. And it's just like, and like, and I'm, this is one of those bands where I there have been bands that I hear around town or just a local band, and I'm just like, this band's amazing. But I can also see why, you know, it wouldn't have an international appeal. But, like, yeah. this band, I was like, man, if they really, like, pushed this music and recorded a full album, I could see them being huge. Like, yeah. successful, radio successful, and then just, like, you know, they stopped. Adam Selby, for the listeners out there, is sitting Indian-style in an actual <laughs> chair. It's the strangest. <laughs> He's normally wearing uh, flip-flops. They're just They're right there. They are. He's, he's ready to go. Dude, yeah. uh, his feet cannot touch the ground without him. <laughs> <laughs> Man, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I feel that way about, uh, I don't know. I, I just, it seems to me like one of the, one of the, the, <laughs> is that sandwiches on the way? I think that's sandwiches. <laughs> It seems to be one of the rough things about Denton is that aspect, but that's also one of the good things about it. It's like you get a little taste of something that's like really awesome. And then I feel like as musicians, one of the things that we do is uh, whether we admit it or not, you pull inspiration from the things that you see and the things that you Definitely. hear. That's so that that's it. Like that's yeah. I don't. I listen to you know all sorts of different fucking. <laughs> <laughs> You tried. tried. You tried. The manager's bringing in the catering. <laughs> <laughs> I, I listen. I listen to like a lot of different like styles of music. I'm, I'm I'm a huge metal fan. My favorite band is a progressive metal band. I don't fucking play anything close to metal, but I love it. And then playing with people, I get a totally different like thing from the people that I play with. And then going to see other. I mean, it's like the inspiration that and like all the shit you get from everybody around you and the shit you listen to is just especially in a scene like this is really rare and incredible I think like and I, I have I have a, a one of my really good friends lives in New York and he uh, I talked to him about like the New York scene and stuff and obviously the New York scene is just like so fucking oversaturated there's just so many people trying to do it and he like it's 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 nothing at all like this. He's not, he's seeing great music, but it's not like it's a really together feeling. It's not like those people are trying to like go out there and be friends with everybody. They're just trying to make it, you know? It's almost like being a preacher in a way, you know what I mean? Like you're just trying to get people to fucking be believe the shit that you're trying to fucking <laughs> yeah. sell. You know I what saw I mean? somebody so... post on Facebook the other day and everyone was super in agreement with this guy, but it really pissed me off. But it was like, it said like, Dear Denton, um, 
And it was just like, I'm sick of seeing the same artists on the same bills week after week. I need to hear something new. And I was just like, that's super... And, like, everyone's like, yeah, I agree. Like, it's always the same bands playing, the same artists. We need, like, new what? artists. And There's they so were much bo- shit going on that, like, it's exactly. hard to even follow. Exactly. What, what I'm thinking about? is is they're just That guy needs to make more fucking friends is what That's what I was saying. <laughs> it really pissed me off when I saw this. Cause, and I was like, okay, I'm going to go to the comics. It was one of those posts that had, like, 50 to 100 things. I was like, people are going to be fucking railing this dude. No. Everyone was like, yeah, dude, I agree with you. Here's my music. Check it out. And it's like, fuck you. So and it, we hear these kids all the fucking time that like are starting stuff and, and like they'll be like, how do we get a show? You know, and it's like, well, you just get a show, dummy. Yeah, it's also <laughs> like, are you 21? You no, go yeah. play at a house. Yeah. Are you 21? Yeah. Yes, play anywhere. Check, yeah. You know, it was rough for us when we first started. Uh, I was 15 when we played our first bar. There used to be over here where there's it's now... Um, Oriental Garden. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Before that, it was Eagle Burrito. Before that, it was the Shack. Before that, it was the Rib Shack. It was a fucking bar that served ribs. So that's all that happened. It was a fucking and they had quarter beer night. And I there used to be a band here called Riddle Me This, and they had gotten some money because they sued. Uh, well, they got sued by Warner Brothers because the whole Riddle Me This, Riddle Me That, Who's Afraid of the Big Black Bat? That was a thing from fucking Batman back in the day, and so. For some reason, Warner Brothers thought that that was like a tie-in and decided to sue this band. Well, this band countersued, and then they fucking settled and ended up getting a bunch of goddamn money. Nice. Oh, and so oh, oh. the guy just fucking... Eric Keyes is the guy's name, and he fucking... Uh, he kind of just retired and just started doing whatever. But but uh, I remember back in the day when you wanted to get shows, you just call somebody who was doing shows. This is what I did. I, I talked to him, and I talked to Mike Weeby, who... You know, starting the Riverboat Gamblers and, and uh, Kid Chaos, a bunch of other great, great bands. Dracula's, uh, um, Wines. I remember I, I called him and I was like, hey man, how do I get a show? And he said, first things first, when you call a club, don't ever tell them that you're fucking in the band. Tell them that you manage the band. Because even if you're in the band, that's true, because you're managing them right then and there. And I was like, okay. And he's like, because if the band's got a manager, they're, they're probably, you know, the band's kind of cool. And I was like... Well, it shows you're taking it seriously, even if it's just you. Too, I was dead so. serious. Yeah, he yeah. was dead serious about this. And I was like, okay, so I called the Rib Shack on like a fucking Tuesday night. And I was like, can I... I'm like 14 years old. I'm like, can I talk to whoever's uh, booking shows here? And it was like some <laughs> some guy like... Bah, 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 bah. And I was like, I book shows. And I was like, oh, I'm the manager of this band. And uh, we're super cool. And uh, can we come in and play and... And he was like, all right, uh, how long can you guys play for? 20 minutes? Like, <laughs> uh, we're going to need three hours of music. All right, well, there's some opening bands, so we got them too. Like, that's cool. And he was like, all right. So he gave us like a Friday night. Uh, we There was like a jam band in like my, my freshman year of high school. There's this jam band called Air Ninja because they like would just jam <laughs> And there was these dudes that would just break dance while the band played. That's awesome. <laughs> like, That's incredible. It was awesome, actually, dude. And uh, uh, and then there was another band, too. I can't remember, but there's another band, too. And I just was like, how long did you guys sit? And they were like, 30 minutes. And I talked to Aaron and just like, you guys just jam and dudes break dance, right? And they're like, yeah. And I was like, can you guys play for like a fucking two hours? <laughs> and, did they do it? Yeah. Fuck yeah. And then we'll have a band that can play 30 minutes, and then we'll play for like 20 minutes. And they're like, yeah. 
So we booked the it. The breakdance dude I made, died that night. I'm not, I'm not even kidding. I made a thousand flyers for this fucking show. Bro. I made a thousand <laughs> flyers. And we, dude, I got one of those fucking little, you know, those like staple guns that look like a hammer. So you just like, bam, 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 bam. Yeah. Fry Street was covered in flyers for this show. They were all, nobody was hanging out at the square at the time. The square was a ghost town. It was like for old people. Like there, there was no Andes at this point. There was no, uh, it was just, it was like a couple of antique shops and a bunch of, uh, the, the mini mall and a bunch of closed buildings. J&J's wasn't there. That was Mr. Gaddy's at the time. Um, everything was fucking like, it was like a ghost town downtown uh, until Fry Street burned and then it got big down there. Uh, and then, uh, we, uh, I remember we, uh, all of a sudden we had like two, 300 people show up to this tiny little bar and the bar was freaking out. Like what the fuck? There's so many people here. And, uh, then they meet us and they're like, you guys are like fucking 14 years old. Like what the fuck? Our drummer was 13. That, that was, <laughs> our drummer was 13. And, um, uh, he f- was freaking out because we sh- the way TBC laws worked in Denton at the time was that if you were under 21, you could go into a club before 9 o'clock, but you couldn't leave. So we didn't know that, so we showed up late, and he just, like, we had some guy pretend. And you had to have a parent with you, too. So we had some guy pretend to be one of our parents, and then we played the show. First mosh pit we ever had. Uh, it uh, was probably terrible. Like, we were, I mean, we, we, were, we were horrible, but, like... We got it to happen, and then it just kind of sort of snowballed from there. Then it was like, okay, so that's how you get shows. And uh, they were just so happy that we brought that many people. And um, a lot of these kids were fucking underage, so they were, you know, they were like, okay, well, we're going to charge a cover next time. you got to get ready to come before 10. And then when that place closed and it became Eagle Burrito and then the other place, the only place that was having punk shows that didn't was Mabel Peabonies. The gay bar was having fucking sh- punk shows at uh, on Sunday nights and so we're fucking by this point like 15 or 16 and it was the same TBC rules so we gotta get all our fucking friends to show up to this gay bar that you know they're all in fucking middle school and high school we gotta get friends to show up to this gay bar before 9 o'clock and stay for 3 hours because we're gonna play at midnight <laughs> and, and that was that was how we did it and dude so many of these fucking kids were down and just because we were doing it a bunch of these other kids at the high school started doing it too. This one kid ended up who turned eighteen. He ended up renting a rehearsal. Uh, a 90, it wasn't even a rehearsal space. It was a, it was a, a storage for, uh, mm-hmm. like just storing your shit storage in. Storage unit, yeah. Oh, you know, on a three eighty and a two eighty eight, there's that little storage place down there. He rented one that had electricity in it. Put a built a stage and put a sound system in it. We started running fucking illegal shows out of the fucking thing, <laughs> and you had to, you had to like show up and. It was one zero zero one. That was the fucking code. When you showed up to the focus storage facility, and it was on the flyer, like show up to the focus, <laughs> pop, pop this in. That'll get you into this fucking place. And so, we have two three hundred fucking kids out here. And then once that closed, there was a place kind of up three eighty, getting towards um, getting towards Chrome almost. You cut down this other road, and there was another rehearsal space. We'd have five or six hundred fucking kids out there, and it, it was just a warehouse. That was all it was. And so. That's how it was until the house show started popping up because, man, for a long time, there really were no clubs here in Denton. I mean, it, it was it was few and far between. It was dry here, man. And to be in a punk rock band, that meant that you were going to play in somebody's barn. That meant you were going to play in somebody's garage. That meant that uh, somebody's having, uh, oh, this Mexican girl's having a quinceanera, you're going to fucking play it. <laughs> I mean, it, it meant, like, you were going to play these crazy places. And I feel like... For 
that energy has kind of gone into some other things. I mean, having the house shows, having uh, it's a much it's a much it's much easier to be a musician in Denton now because man, and as hard as it is now because it is still tough. It's still very tough to to be in a lasting band in Denton. But as tough it is as tough it is as it is now, it's not as tough as it was because I I remember when it fucking sucked. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. I mean, nowadays, it's, it's like you got to get someone to come to your show and not sit on their phone the whole time. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Well, it's, I mean, it's it's not... I That's why I do what I do. <laughs> I, wouldn't, like, I wouldn't say, like, I mean, like, it's like it, it's hard being in a band, I guess, but, like, it's, I mean, it's not really, like, it, it, it's just... It's like you four girlfriends at the same time. How, how hard is it for you to have a relationship with your girlfriend that lasts for a long time? How hard is it for you to have a relationship with three other dudes for a really long time? It can be hard. It can be hard if yeah. it's if you get no, big no, it's, yeah. especially it if you're in multiple bands. Oh, it's, it totally is hard to be in a band. Yeah. <laughs> what do you you want to say? You try to say something? Oh shit! No, I didn't even mean that. Well, no, no, no. I, I know what you mean too. Dude, that, that's rough too. Just because when you got a guy in multiple bands, and you gotta reschedule around the shit. And it's like, and I and I always do. That's spot not shows. what I was doing. Now we're all gonna be trying to say you trying to say shit. I wasn't, but now we might as well. I always pull spot shows around. I it's like call my members like, hey, can you guys play in like twenty minutes? <laughs> <laughs> I'm the king of just doing that. Well, you you did that like a week ago, so yeah, unmarked graves with the. That's why I named the band the Unmarked Graves because you never know who's in an unmarked. Grave. I mean, like you attract some of the like. That's a good joke. <laughs> yeah. it's true. That's absolutely why I called the band that though. Our lineup has changed a thousand times in every show. I don't think it's ever been the same. No, it's never never had the same lineup for any show. You attract like some of the most talented people like around Denton that I know. Like some of these like jazz. That trips me like, out. Actually, it's crazy. How the do first, you do that? Um. Well, the short answer is is that I've just been doing it for a long time. Um, I would say probably the longer answer is that. Um, Guys that are really good at what they do often find them, especially in this town, man, the the best guys. You got to make money. You really do. And, uh, you know, you're either going to make... In Denton, you're either going to make money playing in a band that you don't necessarily want to play in because it pays the bills, or you're going to have a really fucking good time and not make a, a goddamn dime yeah. in a band that you really do want to play in. And so that's where I come in. Uh, because a lot of these guys, uh, Robert Hocamp really helped a lot with that just because, God, dude, that guy, I mean, master's degree in his instrument, um, amazing jazz accolades, uh, just some other, acc- I mean, he's been with Brave Combo for the last year and a half. He's in, uh, Bubba Hernandez, he lost Super Vatos, and then both of those bands have Grammys, um, and he's just such a serious player, and... He was kind of my window in, which is weird because I was his window into those bands because I knew both of those bands very well. And so we've kind of helped each other a lot. He's kind of my best friend, actually. I mean, especially in music, he's definitely my best friend. But having him and having a, having a, being able to go to a, a, a really, really stout, hey, I hear you're the best jazz drummer around. You know, I went to Connor Kent. And he's yeah. sick. Yeah. yeah, I was gonna say Dude. you got people like Jenny Mack. You got oh, Connor great. Kent. Yeah, like you're playing with like heavy hitters. I went to to Connor and I was like, hey, he was drumming for the the one o'clock jazz, the one o'clock lab band at the time. And I was like, hey, dude, uh, here you're like the best fucking drummer around. And he was like, oh, sweet, that's cool. He's such a nice guy. And I was like, well, what would you think about being in my uh, punk rock band? He didn't know who I was, and he was like, oh, well, whatever. And I was like. 
well, Robert Hocamp's playing bass. And he was like, wait, what? He was like, what? And I was like, yeah, I want to I want to have this band where we, uh, I want to have this band, the Unmarked Graves. I want to have a band where, like, when we play, nobody can make fun of how we play. Like, it's, it's a really, it's like a punk band kind of, but I really want it to be, like, a solid heavy hitters. Yeah. And he played with us once, loved it. And uh, people don't know this, too. His mom was, like, a really big punk rocker. He's from California. His mom was, like, a really big punk rocker in Southern California and like, the... The 80s, so she was part of the whole Black Flag Germs, uh, TSOL, Agent Orange type scene. And so she, you know, she came into town and watched us play. And I'm sure, you know, having his mom really dig. I'm sure she wore a fucking leather jacket with a fucking motorhead patch on the back. Of it. <laughs> <laughs> Who the fuck? His mom has one of those. Yeah. And it wasn't like a fucking just got it motorhead patch. It was like yeah. a fucking. And, uh, but, but, uh, yeah, getting people. And I got spoiled on Connor, you know, now because fucking. Can't play with shitty drummers now. Yeah, well, that's I where Hagen comes in because Hagen, Hagen, Hagen's good. Well, that's and that, that's the thing is like I, the first the first time that I saw you guys was first time I saw Connor Kent was uh, the when Unmarked Graves played Jago. How long ago that was? Was for our one two, punk night? Yeah, two years ago. And like probably. and and I had mm-hmm. to our sound guy wasn't there and he was like I'm not running sound for this so you're doing it and I was like. I'll run sound for a punk night. Like I, I don't know what I'm doing, but this this will be fun. So I'm sitting there the whole. That's time. how you know it's going to be a good punk night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sitting there. I'm sitting there running sound and figure everything out. And you guys come on, and I'm like, okay, cool. So I, I, you know, I'm, I'm really excited to see this. It's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, Connor Ken starts playing. And I'm just like staring at him the entire time. Like I like crazy shits happening out in the crowd. I'm just like, what are you? His like, technique is insane. Yeah. He, also, he plays like with that. Uh, his hi hats so low. Mm-hmm. Well, so it's, well, like, well, basically, you level put a with sheet, the snare. Barely put a sheet of paper between them. Yeah. Well, so he like so he because of his because he's left handed and because jazz school made him play with his right hand. He is the most ambidextrous motherfucker in the whole world. Like. And I, I asked him that night, and I, was, I walked up to him just like, how, how do you do what you do? Can you please tell me what you're doing? And he, was, and he explained his whole, like, why he's ambidextrous thing and, like, how he's able to play so. And I was just like, you are, you're a fucking monster. And, like, I've, I've now seen him play so many times. I get, like, the jazz nights and shit. Yeah. And I, just, I just can't. He's so good. How I fell in love with him, too, was that, like, he, uh, when I get a new, when I get a new guy that I'm playing with, in a in a, in a, like in a band that's established with like, whether it be Wee Beasties or like Omar Graves in a band that like we're we've been doing something for a little bit. When I get a new guy, I razz the shit out of him because I want to see what he's fucking made of. You know what yeah. I mean? I want to fucking rib the guy. I, I kind of want to piss him off. And you get pissed off if you're my band and you get pissed off and you blow up and you can't take it. Then I'm sorry, I don't want to be playing with you, dude. Yeah, you got a bad attitude. Yeah, and Connor. I'd razz him, and he'd fucking razz me right back, dude. <laughs> and and uh, he, it's it's still that way. And man, I fucking that the, the kid's great. He's a uh, man. I I will be I will be completely shocked if he's not in a really 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 famous band or playing with a really 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 famous band in the next five years. Yeah. I mean, I I, I and if and if that doesn't happen, that'll be a fucking travesty, in my personal opinion. He he's that fucking good. Yeah. He's like the jazz Dave Grohl of Denton. It's really strange. He, yeah. Well, because he can do all the jazz shit, but he's got all the fucking rock shit down. Yeah. And that's the thing, too, is when you play with all the jazz musicians, especially drummers, a lot of times they're a little light on the snare and the hi-hat. You know, they can get the kick pretty heavy, but it seems like they're a lot... There seems like they're kind of light on the uh, on the snare and yeah. the, the hi-hat. And 
fucking fucking kid's a hard hitter, man. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and, and and just with being a hard hitter, he's still got that technique. And you know, he doesn't I, he he doesn't miss anything. It's like it, it, it every he knows exactly when he wants to hit hard, and he does it, and it's just. It's he he played during an ice apocalypse show. I don't know if you guys remember in 2013. It snowed and fucking rain or it snowed, snowed one day, iced one day, snowed one day, iced one day. Denton was shut the fuck down. Mm-hmm. I uh, I had a show booked like a two days into the ice apocalypse. Well, the first day I go to fucking Andy's because it's the only fucking place I can even think. I walked over there. It's the only thing that was like open. Kind of there's like four people downstairs all fucking playing Jenga like drunk Jenga and I, I didn't I didn't know anybody there and I was like sitting there just getting drunk and depressed and playing Jenga like fucking not saying a word and the finally I was like do you guys want to start a hoax and they're like oh sure what do you mean and like pulled out my phone and it's like, it's like I'm posting on Facebook that Kevin Spacey is snowed in in Denton right now and he's hanging out at, <laughs> he's hanging out at Andy's bar you guys aren't Facebook friends with me you should do the exact same thing so then five people posted independently we I had mutual friends that. i, I mutual do remember friends. this happening yeah we had mutual friends we posted and then about a half hour later the bar was like downstairs was packed because people kept shuffling in like like brushing snow off like is kevin Sp-? no 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 no. hold on two things one kevin spacey's not here and number two you're part of the greatest denton hoax ever get out your fucking phone and post that kevin spacey just <laughs> <laughs> just served you a whiskey shot. He's a celebrity bartending now. And then so we were making up all these things about what Kevin Spacey was and wasn't doing. And uh, within an hour and a half, the, uh, the the Dallas Morning News had called Andy's. They were like, we're about to send a reporter out in the fucking ice and snow. Is he really there? And their answer was, we can neither confirm nor deny whether or not Kevin Spacey's oh at this bar. God. Two hours into it, it made it onto the TMZ's website. <laughs> Shortly, shortly before last call, Kevin Spacey himself uh, tweeted from his Twitter from Boston. He was actually in Boston at the time. He tweeted, uh, "Apparently, I'm snowed in in some college town in North Texas at this point." (laughs) Everybody have a good night. Amazing. So I was like, I thought of something in my brain, and then I. Said something on my phone, and then to some people in a room, and then Kevin Spacey found out about it and <laughs> tweeted about it. Just a matter of hours later, that's that's what happened. And then so it became this whole thing. So the next night, you know, it was still the same conditions outside. We were telling everybody that Kevin Spacey was playing drums for us and shit, and like all this fucking. <laughs> thing. So we had like this packed house, and that was like really the first unmarked grave show. Like we had just That's kind incredible. of yeah. So that That's was the so first cool. night I played with Connor. That's awesome. Yeah. That's so. That's cool. way better than my story from that ice apocalypse. <laughs> oh shit! I drove to a wedding, bottle bottle of scotch on the way back because it was fucking annoying, and that couple's already divorced. So. <laughs> Good riddance. Yeah. <laughs> Good riddance. Man. It was not great. I didn't meet Kevin Spacey. Or even pretend I did. Let's get into tour talk. Tour talk. So wait, we, when, we can do this however you want. You can just tell a story. Is, but we normally do. Go for it. Hey, oh, yeah, this, is, this is my shtick. Um, I, got, I got this shtick. Um, so uh, when, when, our, when our friend Andy started this podcast. Uh, He's he, never here. Yeah, he, he had the idea of, of, getting, of getting tour stories from the people. 
you wanted to get like touring acts and, and shit like that, but so the idea is to to hear tour stories. So uh, we we always ask what your your favorite you know highs and lows of tours are. Start wherever you'd like. Okay, my favorite high. Um... Oh shit! Normally, everyone except for like maybe one person has started with the lows. We've only had because they're episodes. always more interesting. No one cares about highs. Go oh, on yeah. about your high. Well, no, you, you no, should, no, you, should, you, should you got to start. Now you change his mind. You got to start. Whichever no, one, lows are the one. funny shit. Like you know, your bassist dies in the uh, <laughs> bus accident. Man, there, there've been there've been several. <laughs> as far as highs, uh, I remember one time. This was actually a high for me. I remember one time we were playing in uh, New Orleans at a place called the uh, Dixie Tavern. It was on Canal Street. Uh, a couple blocks down from uh, Bourbon, and uh, this is the first time I ever played naked. Um, we we showed up and it was just a shtick. It was just a joke. The fucking uh, bartender who was also the booker uh, said she, when we showed up, we were like, "Hey, we're WeBCs. We got our instruments. Like we're loading in." And she just jokingly said, "Oh, are you that band where the singer plays naked?" And I'd fucking never done that before. I never done the panties thing before. And so, uh, we're, my guitarist was like, yeah, of course. And like fucking <laughs> ribbed me. And I was like, fuck. Now, now I got to, you know. So, <laughs> yeah. You don't want to disappoint. And, um, and that's the origin. So I, I, during the, uh, before the show, I just like drank way too much. And like, oh, we're like fucking 17. I think I'm 17 at the time. So it was totally legal. It was totally legal. And so I went into the bathroom and I like took off off all my clothes and I neatly folded them and put them underneath the little bathroom cabinet and uh <laughs> and uh uh I like peeked at the door and then we were playing with a band from a, a really great band from Minneapolis called Fed by Fiction and uh there was another local um I can't remember who they were. They were pretty cool though. And, uh, uh, I remember I, like, kind of peeked out the fucking door, like, hey, guys, you can go ahead and start playing. I'll be there in a second. Uh, and, uh, the band started playing, and I fucking kicked the bathroom door open and, like, took off running bare-ass naked through this crowd and grabbed the mic, and it was complete mayhem. I mean, like... <laughs> It, people were freaking out, like, what the fuck is this? And, like, it was, like... New Orleans has always been a great town to play in if you're in a punk band. They're, they kind of got their own style. It's a little rougher. It's a little uh, stiff, you know, as far as, like... When the... In Texas, it seems like whenever there's, like, a mosh pit, um, when you fall down, people pick you up, you know? And New Orleans, I don't know about all Louisiana, but at least in New Orleans, it is not that way. If you fall down, you're going to get the shit stomped out of you. God, and uh, I remember the sound guy was smoking, and I'm not even kidding. The sound guy was smoking crack as he was <laughs> setting us up, like actual crack cocaine in a fucking crack pipe. It was like, anyways, dudes, uh, did you do you guys have horns or what's going on? Like, how's the monitor? Yeah, mix? yeah. So uh, it was like that type of place, and uh, I remember halfway through the show, the the bartender who had booked us was trying to calm me down and she didn't have any other way because I was going fucking nuts. So she grabs, there was a j big jug of like ice water that we'd been using to drink out of. She, she just dumps the whole thing all over me. 
So I started taking this uh, this ice and sticking it in my ass, and then <laughs> and then throwing it into the audience. Oh and, my god! And, and like, and people were like, "It." That's Gigi Allen. Shit. Oh yeah, dude. It, I went super. I went full flat. I mean, I didn't poop on stage, but everything. But like, I went full Gigi like at this show, and like, uh, the there was a band playing after us that was like we, like, don't even know what to, like, do. Like, it's fucking... <laughs> and, and, uh... So that that would probably have been the high as far as a, a tour story goes. <laughs> um, uh, a, 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 lo- a low would have been... We got on a warp Tour in 2012, and, uh... <laughs> I was like, hi... Playing so shitty bar, not making any money. Rubbing your ass. Putting with, fucking, like, uh, putting frozen fucking, water. Yeah, frozen water in my ass and throwing it into an audience. <laughs> the, and then we played Warped Tour. Yeah, Low would, would have been Warped Tour 2012. Uh, no effects sucked that year. <laughs> we st- In 2012, it started in Dallas. So we... Maybe, man, this might have been 2011. Honestly, I can't remember. Whatever whatever year it started, in, it started in Dallas. The opening night's always the biggest night of Warp Tour. So it was opening night, and we were fucking... We are playing in Dallas, and um, I did the whole panties thing. And, like, I, I it, it, at Warped, it's a little weird, because you're, like, you're trying to compete for a crowd that's already there. So it's, it's really strange. So, like... But there's fucking, like, 20 stages or some shit. You know what I mean? Uh... So, and there's like fucking 15,000 people there. So, the Devil Wears Prada is playing opposite of us, like at some fucking god awful stage where there's like a fucking few thousand people over there. And then it's like, hey, we beasties are going to play. And then so, like an hour before they, they started, I started trying to do a promo thing and I just walked around in the panties and like uh, people were kind of uh, I can't even tell you how many people took pictures with me because it's like hey fucking fat guy in a thong sweet <laughs> I'm 15 you know, like, you know what I mean like <laughs> people taking fucking pictures with you and then uh, we got to the stage and I'm so happy to be there dude it's first night of Warp Tour we're on the Kevin Says stage. Kevin, whatever the fuck his name is, who like started Warp Tour. We're like on his personal stage that he's got named after him, and he picks all the bands and shit. And and uh, uh, the thing is, they went green this year with this stage, so it's a solar powered stage, which would have been cool except for its opening fucking day. So the batteries weren't quite charged up yet. So like about every twenty seconds, like the monitors would stop, and then. The, or like a ha- one half of the mains would cut out. And so it was like, and then there's some other giant fucking band playing like directly behind us. Like you can see the drummer from our stage. Uh, Damn. And, and so we're, we're trying, we're just trying so hard. And I was so drunk. Cause the thing is, if you play on a warp tour, people don't get it. Like it sounds, man, it is really awesome in a lot of ways. But one of the things that sucks is that like, Okay, so you're not going to make any money. You're going to get just enough gas to get to the next fucking city. That's that's the whole thing. Uh, there's free alcohol and there's free food. So you can exist on this thing. But unless you're selling like a bunch of merch or some shit, which we weren't doing because we were fucked at the time. Like, we were all just fucked up and like who's running the merch booth i didn't even set it up i've been drunk all day like <laughs> you know so it was like that and then um 
so we, uh, I remember at one point I was really upset with the fact that I was wearing shoes. I was a diva back then. I was like, well, I don't want to wear shoes. It's fucking like June in Texas, right? So there's black asphalt or the other thing. Or the other thing that I can stand on in the dead of summertime is, uh, you know, those metal humps that they use to run cables through. Yeah, so people little, don't trip. little yellow thing. One of those. Yeah. It, but this one's made out of fucking sheet metal. And, uh, it, I forgot that it was actually so hot earlier that my shoe had melted to it. Cause you got the lights and shit going too. Oh my God. So I had jumped off the stage and was trying to fuck with people and like spitting on people and shit. And there's all these like 15 years like, why is this pregnant lady trying to fucking, <laughs> <laughs> you know and, and uh and so uh i took my shoes off and imme- like i was i was really drunk took my shoes off felt what it felt like and then was immediately sober it was that painful you were like right after spitting on people you were like please lit- pick me up <laughs> i literally i literally had to roll under the stage because there's a little barricade too in front of warp tour stages i had to roll under the stage and was like poking out like throw me that goddamn Chuck Taylor. It's so fucking people like throwing me shit my shoes and shit, and uh, put them back. I was so bummed, dude. We, it was what was really funny too was we had a big photo shoot like leading up to Warp Tour that was for for the Warp Tour promo, and uh, we had a, we had a brand new bassist because we'd lost our bassist. We had a brand new bassist named Ken Perkowitz, who at one point in time was like top dog at UNT. Uh, and uh, I was like, I just texted him. I was like, hey, we're doing a photo shoot for Warp Tour. Show up and bring a weapon. And he was like, what? And I was like, yeah, if you have like an axe or like a knife or anything, like just like show up to this thing. I don't know what we're going to do, but I think those would be important. <laughs> and then and then he just shot me back. He's like, I'm seriously not going to be in any promo shots with this band. Like, I don't want anybody to know that I'm playing in this band. I'm just doing it. Like, just because you guys are going to pay me. Oh, my God. So bummed. I was so bummed. Damn. So the combination of having guys in the band that didn't really want to play or didn't want they they want they wanted that experience they wanted to have the thing yeah. but they didn't want he you know he was wanting to take like legit gigs he didn't want people to look up and be like oh you're playing this fucking shitball punk rock band with a fucking fat guy rolls around in glass naked you know like he like nobody wants that shit i guess if you're trying to be serious and so uh that that would probably be the low point of of a tour for me. I was, I started out warp tour of 20, what the fuck, whatever. Being, Cause we played the year before too, but like, I man, I think it was 2012. Cause I think we played 2011, 2012, but started off war tour in 2012, just being super bummed. And then it's like, we've got two more weeks of this. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's like the only time that the high and the low have like, bit they matched each other pretty well like yeah. every other time it's like man this low is so funny and great and like looking back on it it's hilarious but like the high is always something really cheesy i'll take a high too man just one one time we played in bloomington indiana this might be the other high we played in bloomington indiana one time and there's a kid named jeremy who like we played at this like american legion hall that was like right like there were some train tracks like right next to it and and he was like the one Jeremy in Indiana. I don't know. His name was Jeremy. I remember. I remember that because he did this. He he came up to us after the show and had a railroad spike, a fucking like rusted. You never going to find a, a, a like a nice railroad spike. A rusted railroad spike, and it was like, 
if I can make myself bleed with this, will you guys give me a free record and a free t-shirt? And we were like, y- yes. <laughs> and, and like, he laid his hand down on the table and just went, bam, 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 bam. Oh my God. Repeat, and we were like, no, you can stop. He's like, he's just like looking us dead in the face. Like, 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 and then blood, blood comes out of it. And we're like, here's the record. Here's the shirt. Like, Holy oh shit! God. That, and he must. And then he got his. He loved our booster. band. He, he loved our band. His dad. Right his, after. his dad owned a restaurant too. Like we got done, and we all fucking went eating at this fucking restaurant. It was Jesus. cool as shit. You could have just said, "Oh yeah, if you give us free food at your dad's restaurant." Well, none of us. <laughs> we we didn't know. Like we were like, I thought he was kidding. Really, yeah. You know. Jesus. If I can make myself bleed with this. I mean, like. Yeah, that's such a. Because who would? And like honestly, I I would expect him to like you know cut himself with. We it, asked him but later. Like, just just jab. It was his just hand, like go, you could have done the exact same thing with just like. Was he holy? <laughs> he, he, no. Like it was like making yourself bleed with like a damn near blunt object. Like it was like because road spikes aren't sharp. You know no. what I mean? They're just like half ass like. Angled, you know what I mean? But they're rounded yeah. on the end. Because yeah, they're going to the like soft. You could have done the same thing with a hammer. Yeah. No, they'll get it. I think they'll get it. A holy joke. That's our a manager spike. speaking, who's uh, yeah. giving us little ins and outs of like, well, if you want to get the full experience, yeah, come to our live recordings. I mean, the last one was recorded yeah. in front of a live studio audience. That's true, it was. It yeah, was. you can be part of the live uh, Don't Feed the Artist podcast if, you know, you just be friends with us. The girlfriend experience. We'll let you know when they happen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that that would have... There have been a lot of really kind of funny ones, but... Those were All right, solid. Here's, yeah, here, here's, here's another low. I'll, get, I'll do two of them, I guess. So here's another low. Uh, so on our first tour the last day of the tour was in Galveston and like our trombone players, like biological dad lived in Galveston. And so he like bought f- like five, there's 10 of us in the band. He bought five really, really nice hotel rooms on seawall road, like right on Gal- Like you, it's like the beaches across the street. It's like amazing. And we've been sleeping in like people's fucking, you know, like we would slept on the floor of a venue one night. We'd slept on uh Several people's cat like take up a whole living room just with ten of us, and uh, finally we get to this place where like what there's like stocked mini fridges and like beds like what the what the fuck is this you know so it was awesome and uh, we played the show that night in Houston I, actually it was the second to last night of the tour we played the, we played this that show that night in Houston we come back and these kids from the show came back with us and they're like you guys want to go pick some shrooms and we were like uh, of like of course yeah that's yeah <laughs> and so they took Chris Hocamp Robert's brother and they took uh, Matt Pohl, uh to some goddamn field and they picked an entire Walmart sack filled with mushrooms right a, a Walmart sack bro and so they come back and I'd already paid this bum like 20 bucks to fucking buy me like a fifth of whiskey because I was all about alcohol at that point. Like, fucking drugs are cool, too, but I'll drink. I'm drinking. So I'm drinking, fucking, I'm getting super drunk, and then everybody's eating these mushrooms and smoking a little bit of weed and going off to the fucking beach to fucking watch the goddamn sand move and shit, you know? <laughs> so imagine, like, you're not hungry, but you could eat. Like, well, I, I, could, 
I could, I, I won't eat a hamburger, but I'll take some french fries. You know what I mean? I was like that, and then I continued eating shrooms by myself in this room that no one was in until I was like, ugh, I couldn't take another bite. Because <laughs> right? my thinking at the time was like, well, they're natural. You've probably got to take a whole lot of them to get them to do anything. You know what I mean? I got this belly full of shrooms, bro. <laughs> And I get and I and I've already fucking drank a whole bottle of whiskey by myself. I wake up the next day. Our trombone player is gonna take the members of our band out for breakfast. The dudes come into my fucking room, bed covered in piss. There's a trail of piss leading from the bed to the bathroom, as if I'd gotten up while pissing and walked to the bathroom. There's piss all over the bathroom. My mom was so paranoid. I'd lied to my mom and told her I was going to church camp for two weeks, but we went on two weeks. <laughs> so she gave me this like fucking like uh, like a like a uh, safety this first aid kit. I'd eaten every Advil and every fucking town hall. There's like wrappers like for like like I had like band aids and shit stuck all on me. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like. Fuck, Richard is not going to breakfast. So they drag me. They throw me in the shower. I was trying to peel my own skin off because I didn't understand like what was happening. They drag me through the lobby of this very, very nice hotel. Like feet dragging on the ground. At like 8 in the morning when all these businessmen are shaking in. Like, what the, what the fuck is... Like, and like, and uh, they throw me in the tour van and like put the seatbelt on me because that'll keep me in. So these guys end up going to breakfast and then hanging out and doing all this shit. I've been in this fucking... I wake up at like 11.30. I've been there for fucking like three and a half hours. They left you in the car? Yeah. <laughs> An unair conditioned van. Like a fucking... Like a place where you would get locked up for leaving a dog there. Right? So <clears throat> I wake up at 11.30 just sweating. And I've got a sunburn all over my body. Ex- except for where the fucking seat belt is. Are you like naked? I got these little... I got underwear and they're not even mine. Because like, you pissed yourself. Yeah, because nobody could find my underwear. No one wanted it. So I got like underwear. this underwear seatbelt burn like on me. I wake up and I know two things. One, I'm about to throw up. Number two, I'm about to take a diarrhea shit. And I, I'm still tripping balls, bro. I'm like seeing Aztec temples and shit like off in the distance. So I wake up and I knew like, I'm like, okay... I kind of come to my senses just to hear, and I'm like, I, I can't go back into this fucking hotel because I don't have a key, and I got a shit and vomit, and I got, and I got just underwear on, and then I look and I'm like, well, there's the ocean. So you just gonna stand. So there. that solves all my problems, right? I cross Seawall Road, which is an incredibly busy fucking road in Galveston. That's like the main strip for the fucking beach. And you're leaking. There's people fucking like slowing down. Like it's like Bigfoot's crossing the road. They're like, "What in the fuck? Like this? Who's this guy? In like underwear? Like just?" And I'm just wait. People are honking. I'm like, "Fuck you!" Like I just like wait, waving them off. That's Robert Hocamp right there. Oh, oh. is it actually <laughs> Robert Hocamp? Yes. I'm in the middle of the Galveston story. Rob, Bob, 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 come sit down. Oh, well, Bob's brother was. Hey, what's up? What's up? Adam Selby. <laughs> Robert Hocamp, everybody, for those of you that don't know. We've Yay! talked a lot about him on this show so far. Robert Hocamp of Brave Combo. 
So I'm finishing this story up. I walk across the fucking street, and I, I'm trying to walk to the fucking ocean to puke and vomit and shit in the ocean. And I'm tripping balls, so it gets further and further away from me, no matter how close I get to it. I feel like I'm crossing the fucking Sahara Desert. So finally, I just give up, and I just plop down into the sand, and I just start digging. I'm, I'm throwing up whole mushrooms. I'm throwing up undigested, undigested, because there, there's still, I'm still yet to trip the full amount of what I ate. I'm throwing up whole mushrooms into this hole, and I'm like, I can't throw up anymore, not because I don't still need to throw up, but because I have to shit. And so then I would pull my underwear down and start shitting in this hole. There's like moms and kids all over this fucking beach. Like, covering their kids' eyes, and they're like looking at me just like, like walking away and I'm just like I can't, it's, it, I'm digging through shit and vomit and like puking more it's a whole beach you couldn't it, find a new one I it just it didn't you know that would have been you know I, I could have used a guy like you uh, <laughs> yeah and then so I get to this point to where uh, I just like I just use the, 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 the beach as a place to wash off but I'm tripping balls and there's giant jellyfish everywhere in my brain, you know, like it's not real. I'm just like, Bruh. I wake up in my bed two days later and I'm in Denton, Texas and I had to go to work that night. Oh, shit. <laughs> How old were you then? Did you say like 17? I was about to turn 18. Okay. Yeah, I was shit. 17 years old. Holy First Wee Beasties tour. <laughs> We've been uh, shooting the shit. I was talking about, uh, he asked me earlier about uh, how I got good people to play in my band, like really good people. And I was like, well, part of it's my charisma, but part of it's the fact that I have Robert Hocamp in my band. I wrangle the other players. Well, yeah, that Robert, Bob, Bob wrangles the other players. So the way it works is like, I'll be like, hey, do you want to be in my punk rock band? And they're like. Uh, and like, well, well, Robert Hocamp's in the band. And they're like, oh, what? Like, that's amazing. Yeah, of course. That's how Connor joined the band was from you, right? I mean, Ronan. Ronan also, too. Oh, oh wait. Yeah, I guess Ronan came first. Yeah, Ronan came first. Do you guys know Ronan Delisle? Mm-mm. I cannot say that I have. Oh, man. Dude, this is weird and didn't, because it didn't turns over every couple of years, because a bunch of college kids leave and shit. So it's like a turnover. But Ronan, a uh, great guitar player, lives in Seattle now. We broke him in. He was 19 when he joined We Beasties, and I, I think our first couple shows were in Austin. We played one show here and I think two shows in Austin, and I just basically like force-fed him a 12-pack of uh, beer and uh, was like, well, if you can't play drunk, you can't play with me. <laughs> like, he, he, But he was kind of like Connor in that, like, because uh, cause when Connor joined the band, I would just kind of rib him a little bit. I was talking about earlier, but uh, uh, the thing that both Ronan and Connor did was like, the more I'd fucking try to haze them, the more they'd fucking dish it back out to me. And that's 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 what I respected about both of them was that they... Man, I hope Ronan listens to this. I haven't talked about him in a while. I guess time. now that you're here, it, this is a good perspective to have. What's it like playing with Richard? <laughs> <laughs> you can be completely honest. He's not going to listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> I've been with Richard for like 16 years. That's true. 16 years. So, 
No, you're good. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. It's been great playing with Richard for the last 16 years. Um, I used to only play trumpet with him, but then we started playing guitars, and it's just... Uh, Good, good musician. Damn, thanks, Robert. <laughs> That's a trip, join, dude. Join his band. <laughs> sure, sure. You, you listeners, you, you, you could be in one of my lineups soon, yeah. someday soon. All you have to do is write in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, mail a postcard. Where's the, where's the, yeah, where's the sign-up sheet? Yeah. Yeah, there's a, What's your P.O. box? <laughs> That's kind of what I do. Well, even like the Mark Graves show the other night, uh... Yeah, you didn't Which even truly know... wasn't really an Omar Graves show without even... Robert Hocamp. You didn't even know your drummer drum section's name, which was funny. I still Hilarious. I still could not tell you who those guys were. You had them <laughs> you introduced everyone else in the band, and then once you got to the drum section, you're like, introduce yourselves. And then at the end of the show, you introduced the band again and then said, and those guys playing drums. <laughs> yeah, that that happened. Uh I was playing with Jesse Coulter, who who goes by either Frank Punkall or Juicy the Emissary. He's a, he's a great lyricist. He, he does a lot of hip-hop around here. He's great. Uh, Jenny Mack, who's a fucking... Imagine if you could masturbate to an accordion player. That's what she is. I'm there. <laughs> if you could find a way to... And I've done it many times. Uh <laughs> In fact, I'll probably do it after this. Uh, <laughs> Just so everybody's clear, we have an explicit rating. This oh, okay, sweet. Okay, <laughs> they, 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 thank God. Yeah. I don't want any children. You know, it's it's weird nowadays, man, because the way kids have fucking the internet now. Bob, God damn it! You remember when you and me were kids? If you wanted to see like a naked woman, you had to have like a crazy uncle who had like fucking like hustlers and shit. Or you'd have to dive. There used to be a Piggly Wiggly over here off of fucking Sherman. You have to dive in the fucking dumpster <laughs> after Piggly hours. Wigglies here? Or you, yes, there was, and or you'd have to go on the internet, and it would take you a half hour to download a single picture of a boob, right? <laughs> and nowadays, there's these fucking seven, sixteen, fifteen, fourteen year old kids. They're just like assholes with arms in them, just like <laughs> like typing that up, and they're bored with it. They're like, ugh. I've already seen assholes with arms in at number 17. (laughs) Can't even get an erection. What about Brazilian fart porn? And then just like pull up some shit that they fucking tries to tickle their fancy. It's a really debauched Roman emperor way of fucking thinking about the unit. Just, Just get nude and do fucked up things on my computer if it tickles my fancy I'll click on it. That's how we fucking think about things now. Sounds like you're jealous. Well, no, it, I yeah, dude, because I was a masturbating son of a bitch back then, dude. I, I, I was like a was? S- little spider monkey. Oh yeah, man. Uh, well, I mean, now my girlfriend still gets mad sometimes. Cause, well, I don't. She, <laughs> well, because because she's like, why have you been in the bathroom so long? I'm like, I'm fucking jacking off. <laughs> She's like, you don't even lie. Like, oh, I'm shooting heroin. No, she's, <laughs> she's, she's like, why are you masturbating? I, I'm totally having sex with you right now. I'm like, well, yeah, but we can do that too. But I'm, it's different. Three a day, madam. Three a day. 
no matter what my schedule is, I masturbate minimum three times Breakfast, a day. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Yes, exactly. Is, you gotta, is that what you call that? You gotta feed the beast. Masturbating in the morning, I call the most important meal of the day. The wee beast. <laughs> yeah, the wee beast. <laughs> That's pretty good. I didn't expect to get any laughs. Here's the, uh, He's gonna use that on stage now. Here's the uh, the story behind Wee Beasties was that like I, I make up all kinds of different reasons about why we get named that. Here's the actual story. There was a band called Citizen Blue that was at our high school, and their bassist said that she wanted to start a band called Wee Beasties, and I hated this band that they were in super bad. <laughs> and so I was like, "Well, I'm gonna do it first, just so she can't have it." <laughs> And so that's liter- the literal reason. I mean, it was out of spite. I do all my best work out of spite. Yeah. Petty then, petty now. Yeah, I do, that's how I do it. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like Tom Petty. I'm just fucking... Sorry, I just didn't say... Thank you, music. thank you, Selby. I, I thought it was funny. That's the whole reason why you gave Selby a microphone was for that laugh right there. He funds the podcast as well. Yeah. Oh, sweet. <laughs> He's, spo- spo- He's sponsored our... by Mochila. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's our daddy Warbucks. <laughs> I don't know about that. Is there anything you want to plug? You know where they can find you. Well, you have to yeah. So there's three this, old this... Jewish men sitting on a park bench, <laughs> and you want to plug all three and of the, them. And the first, the first Jewish man's complaining, and he says, "Every day I wake up at nine in the morning, and I strain and I strain and I strain, and if I'm lucky, just a little bit of piss comes out." And the second Jewish man says, "Ive, I've got it. All, I've got it worse than you." Every day at 8 a.m. I wake up and I I strain and I strain and I strain. And if I'm lucky, just a little pebble of shit comes out. And the third Jewish man says, I've got it worse than all of you. Every day at 7 in the morning, I take a giant piss and a giant shit. And both the other Jewish guys say, well, well what are you complaining about? He says, I don't wake up until 11. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like it'll be a good show. <laughs> Any yeah. shows I want to plug? Uh, um, this will go out on May 23rd, next Tuesday. So anything after that. Uh, just uh, just follow me on Twitter. At, uh, <laughs> I don't even have a Twitter. I have a Twitter just to watch Donald Trump's bullshit. Uh, but I don't post anything or do anything. You can get on. Follow me on Instagram at Richard Motherfucking Haskins. Uh, or, uh, or I'm on Facebook at uh, uh, Facebook.com slash Hagen Hoshield has a huge penis. Yeah. Well, <laughs> thank you for listening to Don't Feed the Artist. You can uh, find us on Facebook, Instagram. We have a website. Don'tfeedtheartist.com. Um, we probably have an email somewhere. Um, they the literally website. didn't feed me. I just got beer the whole time. That is true, actually, it, yeah. Liquid feed. I don't know. I don't know. If you, uh, if you like the show and you're new, go leave a review or... Recommend the podcast on Overcast or whatever you listen on. And...
love you more than I can care to share. I fall asleep without you. It's not the same without you. Same with 